So we're in the middle of a uh, series about adventures in faith. What parts of our faith provide excitement, adventure, um, just a dose of life that's accentuated and just memorable? And one thing we're talking about today is adventures in choice. Adventures in choice. And so then, um, then that can often mean choosing to do something in your faith. So our, our comrades, our, our, the old, old word for it is catechumens. We don't use that word anymore. Uh, our confirmants, for instance, are a good example. For a long time, parts of their faith um, haven't necessarily been a choice. Um, maybe they've been strongly encouraged to come to church or strongly encouraged to go to confirmation. Maybe they like it, maybe they didn't. But now they're entering into a new stage of life where now it's their choice, how they live out their faith. And maybe you are going through that right now, too, where there's a new branch in your faith. There's a new stage of growing where you're choosing different things than you did before. But I want to talk about something a little different. I want to talk about what it's like to not have a choice. So I'm going to be really honest with you guys. I have an addiction. It's terrible. It's bad for my body. It's gotten in the way of my relationships before. Sometimes I wake up at night in a cold sweat just needing my product. I go to CD gas stations at late hours of the night just to get some, and it's just the worst. I mean, chocolate milk is a heck of a drug, let me tell you. And I am just hooked on it, and I have been ever since. Ever since I was a little kid, just, oh man, I need it so bad. True moo may be bad for the body, but it's good for my soul, I'm telling you right now. So I also went to Cuba about a month ago. And I had a little bit of something just hit my stomach afterwards for a couple weeks. And so in a few days after Cuba, I'm with Matt, we're grocery shopping. Well, and lo and behold, quart size of True Moon, super processed, chocolate milk, double chocolate twist swirl, it's just chocolate milk, it was 99 cents. Oh, Lord Jesus, thank you. <laughs> so, of course, I bought two of them. <laughs> One of those chocolate milks did not make it home, and we did not have a long drive from <laughs> City Market. So, later that night, as you can imagine, Cuba struck at me. I got Cuba's revenge on me, mixed with True Moo super processed chocolate milk. And Matt can tell you, it was the worst ever. And you would have thought that I would have learned my lesson, that I would choose afterwards, maybe we should stick off the lactose for a while. But no! In fact, the next day, Matt and I are coming back home. We stop for gas, and he's washing my car. Such a sweetheart. And I'm getting some gas. And actually, one of our members in the air was at the gas station, and she saw all this unfold. So I'm going to ask her to ignore my embellishments coming up in this story. And, man, I'm just sitting there pumping gas, and I'm just looking over. I see that big sign on the gas station that says milk. And I'm just like, Matt's busy washing the car. He's not even going to notice. I start walking over. Matt turns. He's like, Josh, Josh, no, Josh. And I'm like, no, Matt, you don't understand. I need You don't have to do it. He's chasing me. And I'm like, no, Matt, I have to have it. It's a silly story. It's such a silly story. But it's very indicative of a part of the human condition. What happens when you don't have a choice? What happens when you want to choose not to do something? Or 
or you want to choose to do something, and whether it was a habit, or trauma, addiction, removes your power of choice. Hey, chocolate milk is a light example I used on purpose. It's not light, it's actually really heavy on you, okay? Avoid it at all costs, give it to the kids. But I use an example like that, a silly example, because it's a time. When we lose our power of choice over something, when we feel like, I have to do this, even though I don't want to. Often we see this in addiction of all kinds, alcoholism, drug addiction. But we also see it in other parts of our life, too. I mean, maybe you're not, wouldn't classify yourself an addict, but maybe you find yourself making very controlling decisions that you regret later. And looking back, you realize, I didn't want to snap at my wife. I didn't want to put down my husband. I didn't want to be so controlling over my kids today. But I, I almost had to. Whatever it is you wrestle with, there are those of us who wrestle with things so much that it's like we don't have a choice. And it's heartbreaking to watch someone go through this. With the heavy stuff like alcoholism, I'm sure many of us in this valley have friends, family, loved ones, children <clears throat> who are ransomed to something beyond their control. They don't have a choice. Or at least they feel like they don't. Or they do have a choice, but they can't make it. It's made for them. And you know when this gets really sad? Is whenever someone loses their freedom because of this. Whenever someone loses their freedom to enjoy life or their close relationships. Whenever someone loses their freedom to enjoy their health. Whenever someone loses their freedom to enjoy time with others, it is just devastating to experience and devastating to watch. Amen? So the Bible calls this loss of freedom, this experiencing of pain, and, and, and just whenever someone is trapped in a pattern of choices over and over and over and over and over again. It calls that being dead in your transgressions. And here's the thing. Dead men don't make decisions. Remember that. Dead men don't make decisions. My great-grandfather isn't choosing to be in Copper's Cove Cemetery right now. And I know that sounds like a morbid thought, but it's important for our scripture today. So we're going to go to Ephesians chapter 2. As for you, you are dead in your transgressions and sins in which you used to live when you followed the ways of the world. Next slide. Thank you. And the ruler of the kingdom of the air, the spirit who is now at work in those who are disobedient. All of us also lived among them at one time, among those who were disobedient gratifying, listen to the wording here, gratifying the cravings of our flesh and following its desires and thoughts. Notice that, what they're saying. All of us also lived among them at one time. All of us were at one time 
gratifying the cravings of our flesh, and all of us were following our desires and thoughts instead of our desires and our thoughts following us. See that clever wordplay in the Bible? Think about it. What, what in your life decides for you what you will do, what you will think, what you will want? Is there anything? Is there a sense of control? Is there deep-rooted self-image issues? Is it, is, is it addiction? Is it anger? What's calling the shots for you? What's making you follow? Following its desires and thoughts. Like the rest, we are by nature deserving of wrath. Amen. I have done things in that mindset deserving of wrath. But because of his, God's great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive in Christ even when we were dead in transgressions. It is by grace you have been saved. And God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus. In order that in the coming ages, he might show his incomparable riches of his grace, expressing his kindness to us in Christ Jesus. For it is by grace you have been saved. Through faith, and this is not from yourselves, it is the gift of God, not by works that no one can boast. Listen to this next part. For we are God's hand gated in Christ Jesus to do, to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. Amen. I know there's a lot there. But listen to this. What we have here, what this, what this scripture paints a picture of is someone who's dead and someone who's alive, spiritually. When you were dead in your transgressions, when you were dead in that cycle of, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, again, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, again, 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 whatever it may be. And if you find yourself there with anything, just I understand. And probably the person sitting next to you does too. And then it juxtaposes that picture with someone who's alive. And notice what the alive person has. The dead person has transgressions, but the person who is alive has good deeds set before them by God. You see, the beautiful part of this is that, first of all, God sees people who are dead and he longs to make them alive. He does it spiritually, by faith in Jesus Christ, in his death and resurrection for you. The one man who was truly alive chose to be dead for you. Bonkers, crazy. I hope the gospel like that never gets old for you. But now, he'll make you alive. And he'll do it again. He'll make us all alive again. We'll have eternal life with him. This is the good news of Jesus Christ. But here's the thing. When he makes you alive, he gives you something back. He gives you the power to choose to follow him. And maybe some of you are just like, I don't understand a single thing you're saying. You're not making any sense. Why is this so depressing? Why is he so quiet all the time? Whatever. 
But listen, there are people in your life, I guarantee, who with some issue in their life, some core part of their behavior is being chosen for them by the evil one, by the world, or by their own brokenness. So listen to this. Faith in Jesus Christ makes you alive. And what can alive people do that dead people can't? They can choose. They can choose. So Christ made you freely alive. He brought you to life for free. So that way you could choose to be his handiwork. That's what this translation called it. Another translation would call it his craftsmanship. God created you to do beautiful, amazing, incredible things for his kingdom. God created you to choose to be loving instead of controlling. He created you to lift people up instead of bringing people down. He created you to have self-control instead of a radical lack of self-control that hurts those around you. He created you for these things. He's given you back the power of choosing to follow him. Amen? amen? All right, Pastor Jason said amen. That's how I know I'm on the right track. <laughs> so choosing to follow Christ is life itself at work, is freedom itself at work. It's proof that God has set you free. For me in my life, there are many things I am ransomed to. I have zero choice over like how late last night I was up prepping this sermon instead of earlier in the week. I find that in my faith, as I mature, God gives me back the power to choose to do his good deeds, to be his handiwork. I find that in my relationships, especially my relationship with my lovely fiance. She's here, so I had to say something about her. As a relationship has progressed, he's given me the power to choose to love her. To be his handiwork. So I want to ask a very brutal question. Where do you have no choice? Seriously, think about it. Where do you have no choice? Where are the deepest parts of you that you will not admit to anyone else? Where you realize the choice has been made for you. And you long for freedom. You long for life. Anger, selfishness, sex, alcohol, an insatiable need to impress the people around you and build up your self-esteem by laughter? <laughs> That's recorded. <laughs> A need to just hold on to something that you, and you want to let go of it. Maybe you watch this in your friend, in your loved ones. Imagine this. Imagine a world where that freedom of following Christ, where that freedom of choosing to be his handiwork, and the little things every day. Imagine a world where that is possible. The fox is behind me, isn't it? <laughs> Fox, go away. <laughs> He's pretty cute. He's cuter than me. <laughs> but listen, listen here. Imagine a world without a fox, and then imagine a, imagine a world 
where that freedom, that life, those good deeds that set for you and your friends and your family before you were even born to do. I wish our sermons could be 30 minutes long because then I could testify to you the things that God has set in my life to do that I've been watching over the past year that he's brought to fruition. Things that years ago, things that he started in me that happened in Cuba. Imagine a world where you were free to live that life. Here's the good news of Jesus Christ for this life. It's accessible. That freedom is real. That freedom is here. That freedom to choose Christ and his good deeds of loving your neighbor, loving yourself, it's accessible. And for any of you who are paying enough attention to know that that is a preposterous statement, know this. I know it's accessible because I've experienced it. So as we're wrapping up here, um, I just want to tell you one little thing that maybe you can do to just start to step into this. And I'm not saying it's easy, this freedom, but it's there. And it's admitting that we're dead and that we need God to bring us back to life. It's admitting that without God, I am powerless, and there are parts of my life that are just unmanageable, to borrow AA's phrasing. Because God wants to set you free. He wants to bring you back to life. And it may take a lifetime of a journey, but that freedom is here now. Choosing Christ, choosing to be his handiwork, choosing those good deeds, once you have the freedom to do so, that's what life is all about. Join me in prayer. We're going to pray for this right now. So please don't take this as just a normal, oh, it's time to bow my head and take a nap. Pray. Pray with me. God, we pray right now for your power. We pray for your power and your freedom to carry out these good deeds you have set before us to do. God, we're just going to use a very simple prayer, everyone. We're just going to say thank you. We're going to say sorry. We're going to say please. So just echo in your hearts or quietly to yourself what's going on here. God, thank you so much for ransoming us in Christ, for ransoming our family and our friends in Christ. Father, thank you for bringing us back to life through faith in you. God, we're sorry. First of all, we're sorry that we're broken. And you forgive us for that. And you'll fix that. Father, we are sorry that we choose the things we do. There's a deep sorrow in our hearts over the things that we can't choose. From chocolate milk, a lot of sorrow there. 
to something more serious, more grave. Please, Lord. Please step in. We're sorry that we act like dead men when we're really alive. And so, Lord, just please give us the strength that isn't about our willpower. Give us the strength that isn't about our pedigree or our religiosity. Give us a strength that's from you and your spirit. We don't have the strength. Our loved ones don't have the strength, but you do, and you want us to be free. Please, Lord Jesus, enter our lives. Help us to see that you are life. You are freedom. And please, Lord Jesus, give us the strength, the courage to choose you. I just want to close with this super cheesy prayer. God, grant us the serenity to accept the things we cannot change, the courage to change the things we can, and the wisdom to know the difference. God, grant us the serenity to accept that there are certain things we don't have the power of choice over. Certain things our friends don't have the power of choice over. So grant us the serenity to accept that so that we can ask you to give us strength. Grant us the courage to choose your handiwork, to choose your craftsmanship, to choose your good deeds when we can. And thank you, Lord Jesus, for walking with us on this journey. In the mighty name of Jesus, the Lord of life, who went to death to bring us back to life. Amen.